0: Has the world's population reached its peak?
1: Welcome to Answers News for November 21st, 2022.
2: Hi, I'm Ken Ham, and I'm with Bodie Hodge and Dr. Georgia Purdom. And today we're going to be discussing the world's population reaching 8 billion people and a number of other articles as well. So, Dr. Purdom, over to you.
1: All right. So we have now by estimates reached the 8 billion point of people. And it's funny because even though we've reached this many people, there's a huge concern that this is basically not the highest that we're going to reach, but we're soon going to start to see a decline. And they talk about that in relation um, to uh, fertility rates going down and the population aging, and then all the problems that are going to ensue as a result of that.
0: So, you know, when I first read this, I thought they were talking about the Duggars.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah. no, it's the whole world's population. Yeah. So, yeah. No, 8 billion. I mean, I, I still remember when we were talking 6 billion, mm-hmm. 7 billion, and, uh, you know, now 8 billion is kind of kind of fascinating. It, when it's interesting.
2: It. They're talking about the population reaching 8 billion. So, what's the first thing they do in the article? They talk <laughs> about how man first evolved. And, mm-hmm. you know, we evolved, have big brains and long legs. And the population grew very slowly at first. That's because what modern no, men supposedly evolved 150,000, mm-hmm. 200,000 years ago, and they believe for thousands of years, population just, just, stayed, the just same. stayed there. Man didn't do anything. And suddenly, whoosh, jumps up. it jumps yeah. up to where we are today. Um, and-
1: and that gets back to you. I mean when we think about it I mean we only we start it with two people and then we go to the time of the flood and we go down to eight people mm-hmm. and then only six of those are reproducing after the flood or start reproducing and um, you know it just shows how inter- how <laughs> All of us are really closely related, even now, like 6,000 years later, because we started with just these very small populations.
2: It's interesting. I've had yeah. a lot of people over the years who've um, asked the question, can you really get 8 billion people from 8? Mm. It, was, it was 6 that gave rise mm-hmm. to the population, mm-hmm. but the population was 8, right. 4,300 years ago. Uh, so yeah. I actually uh, did some uh, calculations and put all this together for a talk uh, that I give. And that is, you know, when you go through, uh, for instance, when you go through Genesis 10, it -hmm. talks about the sons of Shem, the sons of Ham, the sons of Japheth, and so on. And when you actually list all their descendants out, it comes to about 70 there. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, as um, you you look at that, you say, okay, so let's consider this. Uh, Could you get the world's population from the three sons of Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, within 4,300 years? So, about a uh, thousand BC, they believe the population was about fifty million. Right? That's that's um, well accepted by you know people, right. uh, yeah, yeah. academics and scholars, Christian, non-Christian. So, can you go from fifty million people to eight billion uh, in uh, the the that time of uh, three thousand years and? Mm-hmm. The answer is well, that would take 2.3 kids per family per generation. So it's only a growth rate of 14, 15 percent, right. which means yeah, that's what you'd expect, right? Mm-hmm. So if you start back at the flood, eight people, 4,300 mm-hmm. years ago, can you get to 50 million a thousand BC? Can you get to 50 million in 1,348 years? And the answer is that would take 2.6 kids per family per generation. So, you can see actually, if you started with eight people 4,300 years ago, you'd expect about eight billion today. I mean, yeah. that's normal. Population growth is exponential, you know, doubles mm-hmm. in a shorter time as, yeah, about as you go years. About 40 years or so, yeah. And, which is why, you know, when you look at the millions of mammoths that they say, you know, were mm-hmm. uh, in, during the Ice Age and fossilized in right. and bits and pieces, of, people say, how could you get millions of mammoths if. If just two elephants Mm -hmm. came off the ark 4,300 years ago, very easily. It doesn't take that long at all because population growth is exponential. But here's the thing. From an evolutionist perspective, modern man evolved, say, 150,000 years ago. And look what they say. The population just stayed down here. Nothing happened. And then suddenly, back here, (laughs) up it goes. In other words, all this is fairy tale right? Uh, Whereas this is what you'd expect. And so, again, just on the basis Mm -hmm. of population study there, uh, it it actually confirms the Bible's history. It It makes sense of the Bible's history.
0: You know, one thing the article says here is homo sapiens have roamed the earth, and they go as far back as 300,000 years in this one, even though, you know, a lot of people put it 150,000 years, but they say give or take, and then they put in parentheses here, no one left a diary back then. I saw that. You know, and I read that, I'm like, hold on a second here. God did leave us a book. Mm-hmm. There is a book. Um, but it doesn't go back this alleged 300,000 years. That's imaginary time. It goes back to the beginning, though.
2: And, you know, one of the things they're talking about, and I heard, uh, actually, one of the politicians just this last week was a Chuck Schumer, actually, uh, a Democrat. But he was talking about the fact that we don't have enough people for the workforce in, in America. We need more people to come into the country. And so on. I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. But, but you agree to kill off yeah. a lot of children. Every day, you've agreed to kill off yeah. what sixty it's, plus million since centroverses. Yeah, one point
1: five billion children in the last fifty years have been world. killed, Worldwide. have been murdered through mm-hmm. abortion.
2: Right. So if they were alive, your population would be yeah. It would it would be nine point five billion. No. Right. right.
1: And they even said right now this is like the the amount of children that we have is really at its peak. So we will never see this many children alive again on the earth. It's going to start going down because fertility rates are going down and because abortion is increasing and because people aren't, I mean, people just aren't having, they're not even replacing themselves. The the rates are falling below 2.1. And as you can see, like even from what Ken showed, you've got to have more than that to be able to get any kind of growth.
0: Sustain your population as well.
2: Yep. So yeah, the right. whole world is changing.
1: Yep. It really is. And
2: you know, the abortion issue has certainly contributed greatly to this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Plus, yep. people just uh, just rebelling against God's word and right. people not being obedient to what God has said and yep. to be fruitful and multiply, multiply and, and so on. and fill right. the earth.
1: <laughs> yep. yeah. so, and, and it's not even a question of overfilling either. Right. You know, We talk about that. That was very common back in the 60s. They were talking about, oh, we're going to outgrow the resources. Millions of people are going to die mm-hmm. in the 70s and 80s didn't happen, right? All we saw was population growth and keeping up with it. I remember
2: being taught that when I went to university back then. It was, you know, I remember one of the textbooks I studied on population resources and environment. And it was, you know, we're going to overpopulate the earth. We're not going to have enough food and so on. It's going to destroy the earth. But none of that ever happened. And, And it's interesting how even... The, the climate change alarmists and we're going to talk a bit about that later mm-hmm. on and that it's a climate change religion that's really what it is. we need to understand this whole climate change stuff is actually a religion yeah. and yeah. they want it to be a global, global religion it's an anti-god religion for man to save himself and save the planet and so on mm-hmm. but they're even saying we shouldn't have more children because you right. know we, we Carbon- should be populating the earth. And there's even some of these some of these yeah. climate change alarmists that are saying we're refusing to have children and because right. we're going to destroy the earth and, and we've so run out of
0: space it's like yeah. you know have they not dri- driven across texas or been to the outback or you know there's plenty of wide open spaces in siberia you know, oh yeah you know we, we, yeah. we're fed with this idea that we're out of space but you know believe it or not there's a lot more space mm-hmm. than uh, than we think so.
1: So, all right, on to the next article, rare fossil clam discovered alive. So this is a, a, another example of what we call a living fossil. So these clams were believed to have um, went extinct um, sometime around 11,000 to 50,000 years ago. And they are very, very tiny. So it's not like these, these guys are easy to find. They're only about 10 millimeters long. And um, But anyways, they thought they went extinct. And lo and behold, they found one in um, Southern California. They know it's a certain species, and um, once again, it's been alive all this time.
0: Right. It took them a while. You know, uh, one person spotted it and took photographs, and then they realized how rare it was. like, let's go back and find it. That was like finding a needle in a haystack. It took them quite yeah. some time. I think nine trips.
1: Yeah, uh, did. You know,
0: looking and looking all day long. And they finally found one uh, and were able to verify, yeah, this is a, a living fossil. It was pretty rare. At least um, they found
2: something exciting to talk about in California. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they called it bee cookie. Uh, it was yeah. the official scientific name. I think they've renamed it uh, Sea Cookie uh, or something. you know what so? the interesting
2: thing is, right? Um, so they didn't even think it still exists. They only found it as fossils, but it still looks the same as the fossils. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, it didn't evolve. It didn't, didn't change. didn't change.
1: You can tell it is. But you know is. what?
2: Then, how many, but, it's not, um, but this one, that how old are the fossils they just between
1: 11 and 50,000 years according... of course it's not that old we know that but right. yeah, it's probably according... around post flood time
2: But then the other living fossils, uh, the coelacanth was what, Mm -hmm. supposedly 400 million million years ago they found the fossils, then they find them living today, and it didn't evolve. Then there's the horseshoe crab. Actually, Mm -hmm. if you go to the Ripley's Aquarium, you know, down there in Gatlinburg, Mm -hmm. you can see horseshoe crabs there, and they talk about them being living fossils, because Mm -hmm. they're in the fossil record hundreds of millions of years ago, and yet here they are, and they look the same, and they're alive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But still, I mean, these researchers, I mean, they were just shell-shocked when they found this
2: fossil
1: there it is (laughs) he's a master of puns so you know i've
2: I've had people call me a living fossil
1: (laughs) (laughs) but what it shows is too and and, you know a lot of times they'll say well like the coelacans for example died out millions of years before humans ever existed well no it didn't it was existing alongside humans all this time you know and it's just because sometimes you don't see it or don't discover it doesn't mean it isn't there and hasn't existed there all along yeah
2: exactly
1: yeah Okay, three and a half billion year old rock structures are one of the oldest signs of life on earth wait a
2: minute you signed our statement of faith and answers in genesis we don't believe in 3.5 billion years old
1: <laughs> no well they, that's again that's imaginary time as Bodie likes to call it so these are um stromatolites um are found in well they're found in various places throughout the world but a lot of them are found in australia and um there are living stromatolites today like new ones that have formed but then a lot of them we find are in what's the a fossil? stromatolite yes, explain that fossil. for us okay so stromatolite because i've actually written a paper on this um that I co-authored with Dr. Andrew Snelling, who's our geologist. And so they're really these like layers of microbes. They're kind of like microbial mats. So microbes will come together sort of like as a community and they'll all sort of live together and they do different things within that mat. And um, eventually what begins to happen is um, a layer, let's say the top layer, gets minerals from the water through different Um, processes that they carry out and they sort of encase themselves okay in a rock and eventually that layer will kind of die off and become that sort of rock layer and then a new layer will form on top of it and so on and so forth and so that's how you get this sort of layered effect of these microbial mats but the question has always been were they formed by natural like inorganic processes or organic processes. Like, were they really, are they really the remnants of living things or is it something completely inorganic? And this study says that just from looking at the different structures that are there, they truly believe it was formed by microbes.
0: Now, here's the problem. They start to throw date on here. You know, they're, they're arguing, you go back, what, 3.5 billion, they have 3.43 billion here. Mm-hmm. Um, in other instances, they're pointing out there, there might be some microfossils in Canada, 4.2 mi, 4.29 billion years old. Now, when we look at stuff like that, you know, obviously we're not thinking in terms of millions and billions of years. God created everything in six days. Rested on the seventh, it was a perfect creation because of man's sin. That's why mm-hmm. death and suffering now reigns in the world. Uh, but then, you know, we have that time frame, you know, God created things. There's that time uh, between creation and the flood. And then we hit, see a lot, you know, most of the fossils we find it are from the flood or since that time. So when we're thinking of that, this billions of years is gone. But even in the secular worldview, this doesn't make sense. Here's why they have the creation of the earth about 4.54 billion years ago. They say the first ocean showed up about 3.8 billion years ago. They said the first uh, photosynthetic uh, bacteria evolved about 2.2 to 2.7 billion years ago. And yet this date is it's, way outside that range. And it's getting mm-hmm.
2: way back to what they put a yeah. date for the age of the Earth.
0: Right. And, yeah. and, you know, the Earth was supposedly molten and so I mean, none of this stuff seems to make doesn't sense doesn't when make... you start looking closely so, at their details. So are
2: they living stromatolites?
1: There are living stromatolites today. Yes, that are in the process of forming. That haven't
2: changed. In, in the process of mm-hmm. forming, mm-hmm. so we don't know how long it takes to form those
1: Mm-mm. that
2: are in the fossil record. No, mm-hmm. we don't. It's we possible don't. they can form quickly.
1: It's possible they can form quickly under the right conditions, um, because even even creationists have kind of battled with whether they're they're the result of living things or non or non living processes, so to speak. But right. it does seem pretty clear. I mean, from all the research that I've done on them, it's pretty clear to me that they're they are definitely organic structures, and and the thing thing... thing with this is the the more they want to push back the earliest life more and more because if you're working by random chance mutation which is what how evolution works you have to have more and more time to get these very complex organisms even single-celled organisms like bacteria are very complex so they want to give it more time and now they want to even push to places like mars or elsewhere because they're older and so they get even more time and so it it just i'd say
0: movies like that yeah. They want to push it somewhere else. And <laughs> life was seeded on earth. I just yeah. watched one the other day. Well, it's day. interesting.
2: So once they do the first part of this article, then they jump into Martian microbes. Right. So this is right. all about, see, so these stromatolites, these layers here were from living things, and on Mars we're going to find layers Similar there, thing, and yeah. uh, that's obviously the result of life, therefore there's life on Mars, therefore we know for sure life evolved on Mars, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Now, so, let me
0: explain something real quick though, because we're, we're talking about what's called biological life, the way we define life today. Um, That's different than the way the Bible defined life. The Bible defined life as nefesh or nefesh kai. That would be like animals and plants, or sorry, not plants, animals and humans, for example, but not things like plants and not things like microbes. Um, You know, because we've had people come up and say, well, you know, weren't plants dying before Adam's sin, for example, or what about the microbes and that sort of thing? But they were not considered alive in a biblical sense. Um, So, you know, there is an issue called death before sin, And uh, that's actually a pretty powerful argument against these millions of years positions, because I've seen a lot of Christians take this, and they want to mix that millions of years of death, pain, struggling, and suffering, and they want to put it into the Bible somewhere, and they usually put it before Adam sinned, and that becomes a big theological problem.
1: Yep, for sure. right. Disney's newest animated film has a gay teen romance. Just in case it's not so secret gay agenda wasn't obvious enough. So really kind of in some ways nothing new. Disney keeps pushing and pushing and pushing um, for the LGBT agenda and this is in an adventure film called Strange World in which two teenage um, boys will basically be having some sort of relationship and it's really what they said is they want it to be accepted. They want it to be um everyone looks at it and says oh yeah that's normal that's natural because right? they want to normalize it. That's what they've been trying to do.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, it's not just in movies like this, but in cartoons for kids, they're mm-hmm. introducing mm-hmm. gay characters and pushing on this to try to normalize it to kids. And Disney has been leading a way in doing yeah. this. In fact, it's interesting how we've seen a lot of news about Disney and the positions they've taken and positions that are anti-Christian, just very anti-Christian in regard to these issues, pushing LGBT. I noticed today there's news headlines that the, the CEO that was um, very openly doing this uh, is now gone and they've brought back the old CEO. I'm not sure how much of a difference it'll make and uh, for Disney because I don't think yeah. they'll go back on all their woke stuff and all the rest of it. But, you know, as a result of this, you know, I've, we've had many families who said, we're not going to take our kids to Disney. Why are we going to support them? I, I mean, you know, why, why take our kids to a place like that? We want to support Answers and Genesis. And so they bring their families, their kids to... Uh, the Creation Museum and the Ark, and you can't get kids 10 and under free at Disney. No. <laughs> no, you sure can. But... Uh, kids 10 and under still cost you yeah. lots A lot of, of money, money. Uh, yeah. to go there. And the other thing is, you know, I, I say to people, look, I'm not going to ask how many of you in the audience right here or others subscribe to Disney+, Plus, but you could repent right now while you're sitting there <laughs> because we have our own streaming platform, Answers.tv, that is God-honouring uh, it uh, has wonderful programs for the whole family. We have 5,000 different programs on there now. Lots of Spanish programs. We have some Arabic programs. Our creationist nature programs with mm-hmm. Peter Schremer. I just looked at the latest one uh, yesterday, actually, on Ancest TV. Really fantastic nature programs from a biblical worldview perspective. They are absolutely well done, very professional. Family programs, kids programs, mm-hmm. science, science experiments. Science programs. Yep. Uh, we film those. Yeah, and so, like for homeschoolers, you don't have a lab in your home, but hey, we have labs here and at the Ark, and we do all these lab programs with young people, and we film them, put them up there on Answers TV, so you can do your labs that way. Animal Encounters Live, we have um, a zoos at the Ark and the Creation Museum. And so we have presentations on that. I saw one here just before we did Answers News, and people just love those animals. So we have lots and lots on uh, Answers.tv, and I encourage people to subscribe uh, to a God-honoring streaming platform for the whole family. Mm -hmm. And it's just over $3 US a
1: month for a 12-month subscription. that's good.
0: And, you know, it gets tough. You know, as a dad, you know, i got four kids, and just trying to monitor, you know, what the kids Mm -hmm. might be watching or seeing – um, you know, it gets tough, yeah. and, you know, we've we got to be more and more diligent because this stuff's being slipped out. It's not just Disney. I mean, we see stuff on Hallmark Channel and and other places it's as everywhere. well. So, um, you know, we need, as parents, you need to be very diligent, particularly, uh, you know, for your kids in, in particular. In this
2: article, it quotes uh, Ben Shapiro. Some people might have heard of Ben Shapiro, and uh, he does a lot of conservative um, uh, programs, but he says They sneak it in as a a sideshow, then they slowly bring it further into the light. Now it's, quote, refreshing, because that's what they say, endearing and cute, to groom children into accepting deviant sexual lifestyles. Mm That's what's really
1: happening. So as you
2: say... Bodhi, it's really sexual humanism it that is. they're pushing on our kids.
0: They really are. Sexual humanism is any of the homosexuality, transgender, any of the, well, even, you know, sex outside of marriage, that type of stuff. You know, a lot of kids are being drilled with that at younger and younger ages. It, it might surprise you. And, uh, you know, a lot of these companies are pushing for it. Some of the times we see it in textbooks and so forth as well. Um, you know, we really want to encourage people to have answers for your kids because a lot of times these kids, they're sucked into it from a lot of different angles And, uh, you know, one of the things that we produce, we produce a set of eight books here of answers for kids. And these are great for devotions with your kids and grandkids. These are all questions that kids have actually asked. We give you a good short answer, Bible verses to look it up. This is great to work with your kids on. But the point is, the more that you can start training your children in apologetics, giving them good, solid, biblical answers, how to deal with the world, the cultural issues, as well as the science issues and things these kids are hit with, the more they're grounded. So I want to encourage you to consider these uh, answers books for kids.
1: All right, is the U.S. Senate really going to redefine marriage? Probably, but then it's not going to be marriage anymore, right? Because that's the thing. If they, marriage is defined by God in his word as between one man and one woman. He is the one that created it, therefore he's the only one that has the right to define it, and that's how he defined it. So anything else is just some kind of union that's sanctioned by the government, right? But this is, this is about the quote-unquote Respect for Marriage Act, which is really disrespect for Marriage Act, is, is what it is, but um, that very much looks like it's going to get passed, sadly, and signed into law with supposed religious liberty or religious exemptions for organizations like ours, um, so that you know, we, we wouldn't have to confront this issue directly when it comes to hiring and practices and things like that. Mm-hmm. But is that really going to be the case or not?
2: And I'm going to say this, that you know, this is, it's already been through uh, the House, the House. Mm-hmm. and now they bring it before the uh, Senate and they want to push this through. This is a very dangerous piece of legislation, And people need to be calling their senators. And it's interesting that I think just about all Democrats are voting for it. And quite a number of Republicans, too, are voting for it. So it's both sides of the House. And you need to be calling your senators uh, about this. Because Mm -hmm. the supposed religious liberty exemption, the attorneys we've spoken to, and also uh, some of the Christian politicians are saying this is going to open the door to uh, lawsuits mm-hmm. because it actually talks about uh, civil uh, litigation in in the actual legislation. It's going to open the door to lawsuits. And, for instance, there was a, an article uh, today by Senator Mike Lee, a Republican from Utah, fight, who's fighting an uphill battle to protect religious freedom and wrote a letter urging his colleagues to attach his amendment to the Respect for Marriage Act because the, the, his amendment was much, much stronger. Mm. What they've got in there is really weak, And as soon as this goes through, you can see here's what could happen. Churches, uh, Christian organisations that stand up for biblical mm-hmm. marriage lose their tax-exempt status. There's going to be lawsuits against them, against uh, the people in those organisations, mm-hmm. against pastors or Christian leaders. Uh, for instance, um, here's what Senator Mike Lee said here in this this article. There was a frightened exchange be- between the Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito and the Obama administration, solicitor general, in 2015, when they were doing oral arguments when the Supreme Court required states to license and recognize same-sex marriage. When Alito asked whether religious universities opposed to same-sex marriage will lose their tax-exempt status, that uh, 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 Solicitor General replied, it's certainly going to be an issue, I don't deny that, I don't deny that. It is going to be an issue. And it is going to be an issue with this legislation. They're redefining marriage. And you know that is something you said, George, is very important to understand. Marriage comes from the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Man has no right to redefine it. God made marriage when he made the first. Um, humans male and female so he made two genders only of humans he made man from dust he made woman from his side and then Genesis 224 this is where God creates marriage therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they'll be one flesh and in Matthew 19 when Jesus was asked about marriage uh, he quotes the text of Genesis 224 therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two will become one flesh in other words the doctrine of marriage is founded in the history there in Genesis 1 to 11, which means there's no such thing as gay marriage, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Because right. there's only one marriage, the one that God created, and we have no right to, to redefine it or anything like this. Marriage is a man and a woman. So when I write about gay marriage, I put the word marriage well, in quotes. But wait a minute, if you can redefine marriage, can't you redefine, redefine it to mean any relationship? It can be anything. It can be rape.
0: It could be a polygamy. What about polygamy? It could be all sorts yeah. of stuff.
2: Um, where, where do you draw the line and who decides it? Once right. you say there's no absolute authority mm-hmm. and God didn't create marriage, mm-hmm. then anything goes except those who say there's only one marriage. Do you realize what happens in a culture where they want, that when they say they want to allow all views, they want total compliance yeah. and acceptance of their view to the exclusion of those who disagree with that? Mm-hmm. And so when they say all views, here's what happens. All views. What about the view, based on the Bible, there's only one marriage, a man and a woman? You're not allowed to hold that, that (laughs) right? Because (laughs) you've got to allow all views. Well, wait a minute. You're not allowing all views. You're not allowing this view. Well, because you're intolerant of our views. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. You're intolerant of our view. See the worldview clash right there.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, if something like this were to pass, really what they're doing is they're taking the religion of sexual humanism, And they're establishing it as the state religion and trying to impose that religion on all others. They're basically saying, we want all you other religions out there, especially you Christians, to get rid of your religious view about marriage and adopt ours, and you have no choice but to do
2: it. And all these Democrats and Republicans that are voting for this, they're shaking their fist at God, and they're saying, we don't care what you said, and we reject you as creating marriage, and we're going to redefine it ourselves. They're going to stand before God one day. Actually, I think it's judgment mm-hmm. um, by God on this culture, mm-hmm. turning them over to, to, to their depraved hearts. That's what's mm-hmm. happening.
1: Yeah, and people need to really think about this when it comes to voting, and we really need people to run for office <laughs> that will stand on these values, stand on biblical values, so we have good people to vote for. Uh, I mean, that's sometimes the problem. Just because a person says they're conservative doesn't mean, what does that even mean anymore? You know, what? Mm-hmm. what how do they really define that? And so we really need to think about that when it comes to our vote.
0: Mm-hmm. We need to remember, God is sitting on the throne. All authority mm-hmm. has been given to Jesus Christ. We need to remember that. And yep. the Bible also says God will not be mocked. Yep. And it's a reminder,
2: that. too, for all of us. Um, you know, our, our hope shouldn't be in politicians. Yes. And our hope shouldn't be in the government. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Because uh, ultimately, that's what the answer is mm-hmm. right it really there. Is, yeah. You know,
0: we've got a book, The Gender and Marriage War, because marriage has been coming under attack actually for decades now. But I mean, we're seeing the fruit of that attack. Uh, the Gender and Marriage War is a powerful book. I've had a lot of Christians come and say, well, I don't even know where to start on this debate. You know, how do we deal with uh, gender issues or homosexual marriage and so forth? Well, this is the book you want to get in your hand. It's actually a beautiful book, but it really dives into a lot of these subjects that people ask uh, about marriage and gender and uh, how to get back to the Bible on that subject.
1: All right, watch these climate cultists smash stone tablets atop Mount Sinai as. Sinai as part of their climate repentance. So this is a group of environmental activists that smashed some stone tablets with their environmental Ten Commandments on it um, in Egypt at the same place that this is supposed to be Mount Sinai, where Moses received the Ten Commandments and smashed them. And it's all, again, it's all about worshiping, it really is about worshiping the creature and not the creator, and really holding um, man and, you know, and the earth and all of those things higher than God and wanting to worship that. And so they're wanting to do this all over the world. In different places, with different religious communities, to say that you know we need to repent of our sin of adding to climate problems and turn to better ways. They're,
2: they're trying to make this a global religion mm-hmm. and to bring what they call all faiths together under this one banner. Um, there was a climate change summit actually right. in Egypt, and that's where these people gathered. This is part of the UN. And actually, it's part of the United yeah. Nations. Yeah. But what you start to realise is what's going on in regard to these politicians calling about climate change. A lot of the younger generation, they're just brainwashed. They don't even know what's going on. They just, you know, uh, recite what they've heard and so on. Mm -hmm. But these people are pushing a religion. It's based on evolution, by the way. For instance, one of their Ten Commandments says all life, everything is interconnected. And in a detailed article I read about it, they talk about the evolution of life and the evolution of, of ethics and all the rest of it. Uh, so it's all based on evolution and that, that creation manifests divinity. What, what does that mean, creation manifests <laughs> divinity? Pantheism? Well, I think
1: pantheism, panentheism. I mean, I'm not sure what it's exactly referring to, but it's problematic.
2: Yeah, basically, we, we are God. Mm-hmm. And, it's, um, and really what they're saying is, you know, you know how they talk about we've got to save the planet. It's man thinking he can save himself. It's man thinking he's his own God, which is Genesis three five. Mm-hmm. You can become, you will become like God. Man thinking he saves the planet, and, and by the way, man is not going to destroy the planet. God promised Noah after the 8, flood, right. Genesis eight twenty two. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, uh, summer and winter, day and night, uh, uh, will not cease. And when you read Romans one. I think what you're seeing in, uh, happening today in the, in the homosexual revolution, the gender revolution, and now in the climate change, uh, the stuff that's going on, all of that, you read Romans 1. Everything in Romans 1 is happening before our very eyes. And they exchanged the truth of God for a lion worshipped and served the creature rather than creator. That's what's going on. It's a worship of man. It's a worship of nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. The article says here, the UN says that, quote, the collective
0: survival, unquote, means all of the world's religions should put aside their differences and draw together inspirational teachings and spiritual ideas. What they just said was all the other religions need to get rid of themselves. And bow down to theirs.
2: And they say we need to repent of climate sin. Actually, we need to repent of our sin in Adam, Mm -hmm. of our sin. That's what we need to be repenting of.
1: And you know, even some of their Ten Commandments, one of them is to be good stewards of right. the earth. And I'm like, well, That's according it. to an evolutionary worldview, where are you getting that from? Like that comes right. from the Bible, that we're to have dominion and take care of the earth that God right. has given us. And so mm-hmm. it's very arbitrary, very problematic, a lot of their commandments. Yeah, it's
0: interesting when I read through it, it's like, oh, yeah, they're borrowing from the Bible here. Yeah. Oh, they're definitely being paganistic right mm-hmm. here. This is evolutionary. Yeah, uh, Repent and return. Repent from what and return to what, you know? Um, So they're being totally arbitrary on these types of things. But, you know, when I first read this, it reminded me of the Nazis back in uh, World War II. Uh, They actually redid the Ten Commandments, you know, to honor your fuhrer and so forth. You know, when people attack God and his word in this way, you know,
2: God will not be mocked.
0: Yeah. You just need to remember that.
2: Hey, as we come to the end here, you want to see some of the spectacular lights, Christmas programs you'll ever see in the United States of America, come to Christmas Town at the Creation Museum, Christmas time at the Ark Encounter. Mm-hmm. Starts right after Thanksgiving, which is coming up this, this week,
1: Friday, right. it starts, mm-hmm. and
2: uh, so Christmas Town and Christmas Time start on Friday. Uh, check yeah. our websites for actual dates yeah. of the program. It's free from five o'clock through to eight thirty each night that it's on. Just check that mm-hmm. down at the ARC, We have. Uh, drama and drama programs mm-hmm. and uh, concerts and yeah. there's yeah. all sorts of fun things. And we're opening our new children's zoo, heated children's zoo yeah. uh, at the Ark and So all of you who came to the creation museum and the Ark today, you got to come back at the yeah, end of the week, come back, That's right. Uh, come, back be- <laughs> come back before the end of the year. Right, right. Just
1: real quick, a couple of resources too. Yeah. Especially since,
0: you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, 8, eight billion, billion people, people, you know, and right. you know, guess what? We're all related. You know, we're talking about that. We actually have a couple books. One of them is from a genetics perspective, Dr. Nathaniel Jensen—he uh, wrote a book called Traced, uh, where he's really diving into the different people groups mm-hmm. and the genetics and how we're related. Fascinating resource. And then I've got a book on the Tower of Babel that traces a lot of these people, mm-hmm. you know, from a historical perspective and so forth. Tower Babel. Uh, Bab- Babel, 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 ba- Babel, Babel.
1: <laughs> All right. So <laughs> the
0: effects are still there, right?
1: <laughs> we're out of time for today, so we'll see you back next week.
0: God bless you guys.